Hey, good morning, good afternoon or good evening, depending uh, what time it is, where you are in the world and when you're watching this edition of Hypnosis Week Live. It's me, Alex Williams-Smith by birth, but better known to many of you as Jonathan Royal, the British bad boy of hypnosis, of MagicalGuru.com, and I've got another amazing guest for you. Both a clinical hypnotherapist and a comedy stage hypnotist joining us all the way from... I think it's Brisbane. Uh, there's certainly mentions on the internet of Brisbane in Australia, all the way from down under. Please welcome to the show, Jaden Boone. How are you doing, Jaden? <laughs> hey. Mate, I'm doing really, really well. Thank you very much for having me on. Hey, th thanks for coming on the show. Look, I'm going to start with the, the most obvious question. Is, is I start and end the same with everybody. And then what happens in between, obviously, is all about you, your life, and uh, and whatnot. So the first obvious question is: There was a time when you were not a clinical hypnotherapist. There was a time when you were not uh, a fast, rapidly rising star of comedy stage hypnosis in Australia. Um, you know, from birth to getting into hypnosis. What's your journey? What led you there? What what were you up to beforehand? I mean, there's a lot that's happened in between, but previously, so I only started my um, hypnosis career only four short years ago. Um, previously, before that, um, I worked as a tire fitter. So um, doing car tires, bus tires, truck tires, um, and, and all that malarkey. Um, I guess it got to a point where, I don't know, I was pretty miserable in my own life and, and, and wanted to make a change. And I, I honestly didn't know how that was going to happen, but... To cut somewhat of a long story short, I saw a show, a comedy hypnosis show about 14 years ago. And I walked in there and I watched the show and I was, I was a skeptic, 100%. I didn't believe it. Got to ask the obvious question. Do you, do you recall who it was? Um, I think I do. It, it was either it was either of three. I, I saw them both around the same time because okay. even the second show, I was still a skeptic. And then it wasn't until that I went to the third show and someone that I know was my ex-partner at the time. She volunteered to go up and be hypnotized. So I saw three three people around the same time. So it was Shane St. James, mm -hmm. um, Mark Anthony, and um, Anthony Laffin. Okay, cool. Uh, well, Anthony Laughing, a uh, friend of mine, and uh, but he's a boot camp member as well. Um, Mark Anthony was, if I get this right, was originally from London in England. Uh, I believe he calls his autobiography The Rogue Hypnotist. Um, and I wouldn't be allowed to say on here if he was somebody who bought tons of my products over the years. Um, and <laughs> yeah, I, I already know that for a fact. <laughs> Do you? <laughs> oh, right. Okay. Well, you already know that for a fact, but yeah. And uh, Shane St. James, I, I, I have no idea whether he had any of my products, but I know um, Matt, Matt, one of Martin St. James's sons, if I recall yeah, correct. Right who did a lot of work over here in England as well. So three, yeah, I mean, whichever one of those it was you saw first, but you obviously said all three, that lit some sort of spark in you. Um, yeah. Tell us how the story progressed from that scepticism turning into there might be something in this because your other half got hypnotised. 
Yeah, so basically uh, she came off stage. It was the end of the show. We were walking out and I, I looked at her in the face and I said, you know what, I'm going to learn this one day. And I, I did absolutely nothing for 10 years. I just, I don't know, it just, it was a quick thought and, and then it went again. I just, I don't know, um, I just stayed at my job and, and never really investigated any more into it. But I guess it got to a point where that relationship ended. Um, things in my life were, were pretty miserable and pretty dire. And I was like, you know what? I need to, I need to change. So I, something has to give. And, and um, you know, I just want to better myself. And at the time I was, uh, I was smoking very heavily. And the first thing I wanted to do, I guess, was, was to sort that out. So I ended up going to, to see a hypnotist, um, getting hypnotized. <laughs> Uh, hour and a half later, walk out of there and haven't had a cigarette since. And, and that then, was how many years ago? That was four years ago. Okay, so I mean, four years, it's safe to say you're a non-smoker. Excellent. 100%. And, and that's where it progressed. So from there I went, you know what? I, I love this. Like, how could it be that easy or appear to be that easy when I struggled so badly before? And then that was it. I just fell in love with it from that point. I did a self-hypnosis course and then just progressed and just done course after course after course, invested in everyone and anyone. And yeah, here I am four years later. So, I mean, okay. I mean, so I mean, totally no particular background in show business or entertainment or no, no family links to therapy or anything like that, is there? I mean, to a show business, some extent, um, very okay. much like like yourself. I grew up around the circus. Oh, okay. So I, I spent every weekend just about what it seemed like going going to circuses. We spent a lot of time at the circus, and it got to the got to the point where we became so known at one of the circuses that one of my brothers was actually invited to perform as part of that circus. So he travelled around with them for a while. Um, but in saying that up until that point, my brother was really into magic as well. And, and, and I fell in love with magic and I used to walk around the school performing card tricks and, and doing, you know, sleight of hand and just, I never got really seriously into it, but I liked the reactions. I liked the, the attention, um, and, and what it, what it brought. And, um, you know, I was into balloon modeling and making balloon animals and, and, and doing all that stuff, but it, it never really progressed either. So to some extent, there was always that element of wanting to entertain, wanting to perform, but not knowing how it was going to happen. Like, I honestly didn't see myself as being on stage performing because the magic dropped off and the clown side sort of dropped off. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, when, when I discovered hypnosis, I was like, this is what I want to do. Cool. So, I mean, it's, you now, obviously, you see clients for therapy and from the entertainment side, you, 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 you do shows and the people will be able to find links below the video and the audio podcast, whichever platform you're on, to your social media channels and uh, YouTube where there's video links up. Um, I noticed earlier some videos up there of you doing... Um, phobia cures on, on, on people uh, as well as entertainment stuff so so well worth checking out but I, I, I love your branding okay let me say it's very modern um what 
have, have you gone, is that something you've come up with yourself or you have got, it's very, you've got the cartoon on there. It's very bright. It's in your face. I mean, a lot of people might not like it. Um, tough luck to them that, you know, the people who, everyone's got their own way of doing things, but I think that's very modern, bright, in your face and in the social media world that we live in, I think he's attracting probably that young demographic. How, 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 how did you settle on that rather than the more cliched old photograph staring nonsense? Look, I've, I still definitely do have some of them, 100%. I sort of wanted to go for some of those cliches, but it's just something that's happened over time. Um, because originally, you know, um, I started seeing clients before I was doing stage. Um, you know, I did my, my clinical course, but I always knew that I wanted to to be a stage hypnotist, but I wanted to do both. But I started with the clinical. Um, so I have rebranded and, and changed my stuff over time. But it's just been, a, yeah, it is all me. I make all the stuff. Um, I just try to put out there what I hope you know, hits that nerve or people that can relate to, or, you know, things that I've been through myself and was like, you know what, there's actually other ways of being able to change very quickly and easily without being able to talk about the problem 700 times. Um, so I guess it has just been that progression, but as you say, those cliche photos, I definitely do have some of those, but the little cartoon, you know, I wanted I don't know. I wanted something cool. I wanted something eye-catching. And I think it suits my personality as well. Um, but yeah. in saying like um, the younger demographic with the shows and stuff, it is actually generally a younger demographic that come to the shows. But a lot of the clients that I see are actually middle-aged women. Okay. Um, I'm going to throw... Okay. I, you know, I ask questions whether they're appropriate or not. Perhaps they are uh, attracted or feel somewhat comfortable with a younger man. <laughs> and look, maybe it is. Yeah, I don't know. I, I guess at the end of the Sigmund Freud either, but there is the, you know, good <laughs> Oh, I don't know. I treat, I treat everyone with respect and, you know, always try to make everyone feel as comfortable as they can. You know, it's, that's my main priority that they feel comfortable. And I always chat to them on the phone and make sure that, you know, I am the person that, that they really believe can help them. Now there are no trick questions uh, as if, if you watched any of the past shows, but there are sometimes yeah, awkward questions. Um, and I don't ask them to be awkward. I just ask them because otherwise people watching or listening and go, why didn't you ask that? Um, I have to play devil's advocate because I mean, personally I do socials and therapy, not as much as I did because I don't need to, but I still do do both and always have done. Um, whereas there's people out there who are therapists who'd go, stage hypnotist, they give us therapist a bad name, which I don't believe for one minute. Um, what's your view on that whole stage hypnotists, therapists, you know, one calls his arm to the other, which I don't believe it. What's your, obviously you do both, What's your view on it, Law? Yeah, like with a lot of people, honestly, I think the shows are important. It, it gives it so much more credibility. Um, and also, it's like, you know, you've got your 10, 15, 20, however many people you got there up there at the time. It's like, if I can 
demonstrate getting people to do all these crazy and silly things, then why can't we use this to help you to create rapid change? So I think the shows are very important because a lot of people wouldn't, I guess, believe it or see it as a viable option. Mm. Um, and, you know, it is a good good way to promote. Like you've got 200 people in the room and, and people go, I can't believe my sister or my auntie or my uncle or my granddad would be up there doing that. So maybe there is actually something in this and, and people that before would, would not even think about it, it's now in the front of their mind going, there's more to that or there's got to be something in it. That, that's the way I see it. I think it, it gives a lot more people the opportunity to know what it is or how it can help and promote it to more people. I, I totally I'm singing off the same hymn sheet as you. Um, the fact is, historically, hypnotherapists will probably hate hearing this, but the fact is that without stage hypnotists, I don't believe there would be a hypnotherapy industry as such. Yeah, um, I totally agree. And ironically, if you look back through history, I'll just try and reel these off rapidly, but Gilboa and California Institute of Hypnotherapy was originally known as the Cowboy Hypnotist, Stage Hypnotist. Paul McKenna started as a stage hypnotist before getting into NLP with Richard Bandler. Dave Alman, uh, the Green Book Hypnotherapy. Christ, he taught doctors and all this, but he was a musical performer and stage hypnotist. Uh, Armin McGill was a magician and stage hypnotist and yet is held up as, you know, one of the grandfathers of hypnotherapy. I could go on and on and on, but I won't because there's videos on YouTube called Why Hypnotherapist or Stage Hypnotist Big Time that list all the major kingpins of the hypnotherapy training world were stage hypnotists at some point. Um, make of that what you will. So yeah, we're gonna for we're gonna keep switching between stage and therapy. Let's start with stage. I noticed that you uh, from some of your adverts, adults only stage hypnosis show. Oh, interesting. I used to do adults only, massive scale in England back in the nineties. Um, I still do adults only shows, although the content is somewhat different now than it was in the nineties because of this politically correct world we now live in. Tell us what 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 what. How do you define uh, an adults-only comedy stage hypnosis show in this world of um, pronouns and he, she, them, they, and all this? So I only promote it like that, really, because I want to be myself. I'm so new to the stage. I want to be myself. I want to let my true personality out, and I want to have fun. So I only promote it that way because I want to swear. I want to be myself. And, you know, the, the routines, they're not crude. They're not rude. You know, they're not, they're not over the top at all. You know, I keep it very tame and mild. But because I want to swear, I want to amp it up. I want to take the piss and have fun. So I just say 18 plus because I don't want kids to come and hear me say fuck, fuck, fuck all night. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, but yeah, like I said, I don't take it too far. I make sure that everyone's conservative. No one takes off any item of clothing, even guys. Um, I mean, the most extreme that you'll see is probably someone having sex with a chair, <laughs> but 
yeah, like I said, I, I don't take it too far. It's just for that purpose, really, because, I, I, yeah, I don't want parents to go, oh, I want to take the kids along. And then it they're like, oh, this is a bit over the top for kids, which, you know, to some extent, I think it is. Yeah, what are your thoughts on you? Because, you know, I don't, I'm not too okay on this one. So it's actually something to clarify. I actually don't know the answer to this one. I, in England, we're not allowed by law to hypnotise anyone under the age of 18 volunteers under the 1952 hypnotism act yeah in america for example they do high school shows where they've got kids locked in you know after the early hours of the morning and you know i've even seen state fairs where they're doing shows and they've got volunteers who are like eight nine years old which frankly i think's fucking ridiculous and if that offends anyone out there sorry but i, I don't think I genuinely believe there are dangers of participating in the stage hypnosis show, which looks at a lot of stage hypnotists watching this. And if you don't think there is, that means you've not studied the transparency template, blatant plug. But the fact is there are dangers, and I don't think a childlike eight, nine-year-old's mind is the right mind to be fucking with. Yes, on the one hand, children naturally imagine and play, but on the other hand, um, generally not in front of an audience full of people in a peer group psychological pressure scenario that could cause long-term post-traumatic stress disorder on a low-lying level that manifests later in life. Anyway, thus ends our lecture, but the question was, sorry about that, went off on one there, uh, is <laughs> are you allowed, is, is, there, is the rules like that in Oz? No, as far as I'm concerned, there are no regulations around that. So I mean, yeah, up, up on stage because because I know yeah. other hypnotists do like family friendly shows where they've had children up on stage. I think they normally say anyone twelve and under don't come up. Um, but even like twelves younger than we're allowed here, right? Okay. But are you just talking about like um stage in general or therapy as well? Because I, I see I see well, with therapy, therapy. Oh, with therapy, as long as you've got parental sign consent, yeah, no yeah, issues yeah. with that. Yeah, yeah. I normally have the parent here. Well, stage-wise, yeah, um, we're not allowed. I just wonder, because in America you see it happening a lot, whether or not it goes on in schools and colleges, high schools and stuff out there. I mean, in Australia, not so much, but I don't think because it's it's regulated, I just don't think there's, there's a, a, a big market for it. Hmm. Dare we say there's perhaps a different... I'm sorry, I'm going to upset some American viewers probably, and it's nothing personal, but a different mentality. Mm. Um, yeah. So what, what what's the competition like out there? You know, I mean, I don't mean specifically by identity. I mean, are there abs I know in America, a lot of the American hypnotists mourn on groups about there's more and more hypnotist showing up on what do they call it gig salad or whatever undercutting each other what's the state of the market like out there in australia look i try to follow as many people as i can uh, yeah i think the i think there's only maybe 15 australia wide that are doing shows 15 oh, right. age hypnotists yeah yeah um there's not a lot in a, um in in brisbane where i am i've got um 
I think three or four within a couple of hours. Um, I mean, there is, <laughs> you get the, the odd one here or there that are, that are happy to undercut everyone. And, and that has been happening in the, in the last couple of months coming out of COVID. Um, but there's not massive competition in stage. Definitely in therapy, it's getting very, very saturated, but stage not, not massively yet. Right. Okay, cool. So you're, you're in there before it one day heads that way. Can I just yeah. wonder, could it, it just seems, I know that, that, I know that Australia as such, um, as the story goes, was founded with British criminals being sent from here to start this new land. Uh, but I don't think that's necessarily got anything to do with the fact that there seems to be a number of former British residents who have moved to Australia, stage hypnotists, who are now working out there, living there. Oh, really? Obviously, we mentioned Mark Anthony before he was originally in London. And uh, as far as I'm aware, the most televised Australian hypnotist, Peter Powers, uh, Peter Powers yeah, used to live literally four and a half miles down the road from where my house is. Uh, yeah, right. um, it, it, it's Peter still. I mean, he hasn't been active. All, none of us have over COVID, but I mean, he, as far as I'm aware, he, he's kind of done the most TV shows out there. I believe so, and he's still performing. He's still performing. I think he he had some shows just before COVID. Um, I don't follow him real closely, but um, he's definitely still out there. But I would say that he is probably. Yeah, one of the most ones that's recognised. That's somewhere you'd like to down the line, perhaps, you know, get into that spot. I mean, you know, the TV side of stuff. Absolutely, I would, definitely. So, have you started planning ideas? Ideas <laughs> to be different. Um, could I, that's always one of the things you see growled about on these Facebook groups. Um, I just tend to observe and let them uh, argue among themselves. But you're still this routine. That's not original. That's new. Yeah, you know. there's a lot of that at the moment. Well, I mean, since I've started, really, but more, more, yeah, more so now. Do you do you write any of your own stuff? Look, in all honesty, I haven't. I wouldn't say, yeah, that, that, hey, yeah. good man, that's off to you if you're honest. Yeah, 100%. Because, you know, like I said, I'm so new. I've done eight shows. So I'm still, I guess, trying to find my place and, and uh, you know, my way of doing things. So, I mean, to some extent, it changes and, and I do improvise from show to show. So it's going to get to that point, but it's just, you know, I wanted to go out there with a set plan and idea. This is how I'm going to do it and and make sure that I could pull that off before I go, you know what, I'm just going to write my own show. I just wanted to make sure that, mm -hmm. honestly, that I could put on the best show for those people that have attended. Now, you say you've only done eight comedy stage hypnosis shows. And yeah, I, you know, I didn't actually know that till we spoke today because your footprint, as it were, look on YouTube, it's not that you've got hundreds of videos up, but the videos you've got up clearly show uh, and photos that go up on um, Facebook and this, that, the other, that I've said, clearly show like, you know, a decent amount of people having volunteered 
and clearly by virtue of the pictures, a, a good number of people actually going under um, and participating, um, which looks as law. It's great because it looks as law. You, you you must have been doing this for like you know a lot longer. What I mean, yeah. have you have you just been incredibly lucky? Or have you had some hiccups along the way as well? Because, I mean, personally, I can tell you, the first show I ever did over 30 years ago, well, when I'm 19, late 1989, early 1990, um, got loads of volunteers whose hands were locked together. Great, wonderful. And then not a single fucking, and I will swear, not a single fucking person well, one might argue they went under and then came out of it, but not a single person was responsive. And within sort of 10 minutes of having got them on stage, I had to send them all back. And this was a show that I promoted myself, do a charge job, and had to refund everyone. And it was fucking dire, and I considered never doing it again. But then I got offered a paid booking, because I'd had the audacity to contact agents, and I thought, sod it, I can't lose any of my own money. I either get paid or I don't. When... And it worked wonderfully well. And as far as I was concerned, I was doing exactly the same thing. Um, so I had it really early on, the fuck up, to the extreme of it going incredibly well. And then it kind of balancing out. How's your journey been? To answer that question, and you asked before, have I been lucky? Up until this point, I have been very lucky. I guess for me, I was lucky in both respects where I was literally starting my stage career in the middle of COVID. I was six weeks out from, from performing my very first ever show when COVID came along. Oh, bloody and, hell. And, That's all lucky. Yeah. And here, here in Australia, they shut down every venue. I mean, they did across the world, but when they shut all the pubs, all the clubs, they literally shut all the doors, said every restaurant close up, that, that was it, everyone go home. So I was six weeks out from doing that show and I went, okay, well, what am I going to do now? And for me, I was very lucky. I was able to sit at home. I did a lot of study. I spent a lot of time on YouTube. I bought a lot of courses. I got people over uh, under the house limits that were allowed. Uh And I, I spent 12 months day in, day out, recording it every day, practicing my show for 12 months. Oh, excellent. So I got to stand in the lounge room. I got to record it. I'd watch it back. I would stand there with a microphone. I'd imagine I was looking out to the audience and, 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 and I would literally perform my whole show. So in that sense, I was lucky. I got that extra preparation time coming out of my stage course to practice and to feel like what I could consider as perfection without actually doing it for real. Mm -hmm. So I had that time to practice and my first show and the full video is actually on YouTube. My very first ever show has probably been one of my best shows. I had the most amount of people volunteer and I had the most amount of people hypnotized and they were very animated and it was an amazing show. And the, the positive feedback that I had from that I don't know. It just set me on fire. I was like, holy shit, I did it. I was like, that was so friggin' easy and that was so much fun. How can I do this again? 
So all the shows that I've done so far, so I've done eight shows. I've been paid for for two. The other six, I've promoted all myself, done tour door tickets, sold all the tickets myself through self-promotion, no website. Oh, wow. I mean, that's an amazing... Okay. I mean, having done eight shows and them go pretty damn well in itself is a great achievement. But the fact that six of them, so the vast majority of them, that's, well, I'm doing the maths, three quarters, sorry, it's 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 only 20 past nine in the morning in England here, and I'm only on my first coffee. Brains, I'm normally <laughs> sorry to get cleverer you up, so than that. You're all right. It's fine. It's a pleasure. Um, but to have promoted three quarters of them uh, and done the ticket selling, I mean, if any, that's the fucking nightmare. I find it, I absolutely, I've done it over the years, but I, I, it's, I find it a monumental bloody nightmare having to do all the ticket selling. And I've personally, I found that in recent years, I know we've had COVID, but I mean, prior leading up to that, that it's got, I don't know what it's like in Australia, but it's got harder and harder to sell tickets to live events because there's more and more TV channels because the cost of living and all this, that, the other. Did you have prior promotional experience or zero and that was the thing like oh after that first show like i said it just set me on fire because uh, like you said a lot of people have had that same experience they did their first show went to shit and a lot of people don't want to go through that experience again or you know it takes them a bit to to recover or build up the courage and Mm. that's where i guess for me it was totally the opposite and i was like okay i've done one people still don't know who i am a hundred people were at my show and it was sold out because it was still under COVID restrictions. So the venue was only allowed a hundred people. Um, and I was like, I can't, I'm, I can't sit around and wait for the phone to ring. How, how can I do this again? So I literally hired the function room and I did it again. And then I hired the function room and I did it again. And then got um, someone who was at one of my first shows, a really good friend of mine. She's a, she's a hypnotherapist um, in Gympie, Shana. Um, she approached a venue for me and said, look, my, my friend's a, a stage hypnotist. Would you guys be interested in in um, in hiring a hypnotist and putting on a show? And yeah, they booked me straight away. So, sure. but prior to that, literally no experience in marketing or promotion or knowing what to do to sell a show. I just wow. I just well, I, done I guess you, you could say that I, I I winged it. You know, I just I don't know. I just tried something and and it's been working. Excellent. That's off to you. I mean, without a doubt, if, if you can find a way that works marketing-wise to promote your own shows, more ball ache, or at least I personally view it as ball ache. Some people actually find it pleasurable and a challenge. Um, but ultimately, there's more there's more profit to be made that way than just... Yeah, I've, be, I've been finding that. But again, I haven't had any real high-ticket-paying shows yet. Um but yeah, definitely, I have been making more money doing it that way. And have you got? Are you, are you starting to like? Do you vid, video the shows and sell sell videos to the people who are there after and the back of the room therapy stuff and all that? Yeah, absolutely, I do. So um, at the end of the show, I let everyone know that the show was recorded um, in high definition. So I do sell a copy of that. I've also got um, ten hypnosis audios that I've put on put on a USB that I sell and, and offer a, a free Bluetooth headband so that they can listen to their hypnosis recordings through their headband. So oh. um, I sell them at the show as well. Um, and then also I do the big spiel at the end where it's like, 
if you're interested in knowing more, you want to know how this can change your life, please come and talk to me. And my headband, all... do you mean like those sports things that stretch on your head? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's got built-in speakers in it and it's Bluetooth. Oh, cool. Right. Nice. Yeah, so I just buy them in bulk and and say that it comes free when they buy a, a USB and people jump all over it because they get 10 sessions. That's a great idea, that. Yeah. What do you do? So you use somewhere like AliExpress, one of these Chinese wholesale websites to buy them in bulk? I literally just use eBay. Oh, right. Okay. We'll look into them. Um, yeah. I have seen an image of one once, but I've never seen one in real life. Just looks like those I actually, I actually got one. All right. Yeah. If, you, if, if, if you've got it close to hand, that'd be cool. I think that's a cool idea, offering people a perceived free gift, but also something that enables them to... So they just come in a vacuum-sealed bag, so that's the back. And then right. on the front, um, it's just got the instructions of what they need to do. It comes okay. with the, the, ca- the charging cable. All right, so, so they can charge it up on the computer, like... Charge it, yeah, and then all they've got to do is Bluetooth. So if they get their USB, they can put transfer the files to their phone or on their computer sync it to their Bluetooth and they can listen to their audios if they want to lay down somewhere or they could use it as like an eye mask, like cover, cover their face and pull it down over and, and listen to their audios. Yeah. Excellent. No, that's a, yeah, brilliant. Nice one. Um, yeah, cool. Thinking the possibilities of that. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Not X. Hey, good man. Good man. So, um, I'm guessing you also get people interested, the people who buy recordings, but also want to come and see you one-to-one. So it feeds clients into the your therapy clinic side of things. So we'll segue therapy direction for, for a little bit. Um, tell us about your therapy journey because obviously you, you had to study therapy to start with and then set up in practice. How, how did that come about? That side of things. Yeah. So again, like going back to before with, um, with the smoking. So the fir- first step, so I'll, I'll be straight up. I was, I was very miserable, very depressed, very anxious. <laughs> I was in a world of hurt and, and I was like, I need to, I need to get out of this. I was like, you know, like most people, you have that epiphany, you wake up one day and you're like, you know what, there's got to be more to life than this shit. Being miserable every day, crying yourself to sleep, going to a job that you hate. There's got to be more to life. And how am I going to get out of that? So firstly, again, uh, so I stopped smoking using hypnosis. And then from there, I was like, okay, what else can we do with this? So then from there, I started uh, investigating in courses and it wasn't really until that I went through uh, my NLP course that I really had a breakthrough. And I was like, holy shit, all these things that I was so miserable about appeared to or seemed to have completely disappeared. Yes, they're still there, but they don't affect me like they used to. And I guess when you surround yourself in an environment where you're trying to spread positivity. People are trying to build you up. You're trying to build other people up and you're encouraging people to do better Then you have to do it yourself. There's no point encouraging other people to do it. If you haven't, you haven't done it yourself. And 
you know, it's through all this course and all, all these courses and, and self-development and, and listening to people and, and watching YouTube that I just learned a new way of thinking. So I guess for me, it was like, it changed my life dramatically. Like, I mean, massively, like I was suicidal and everything. And, and to now, yeah, to now like uh, be in a place where it's like, I'm, I'm living my dream job. It's like, if I can do that, then other people can too. And I, like, I didn't even get into hypnosis really to help people. I got into it because I wanted to be on stage. But what it did for me and how it changed my life, I want, I, I went, you know what? I, I want to give this to other people. I want them to have it too. Yeah. But also, I think it makes you better all rounded. You can deal with stuff on stage. You know how to help people in every situation, not just, oh, you know, where you got some hypnotherapists that are, do relaxotherapy. But it's like you can dramatically help someone change, whether it's on stage or in the therapy room. Cool. So, I mean, what, what's your, I, I, I'm not asking you to give us a complete kind of um, minute detail answer, um, or feel free to, um, but what's your, because there's so many different schools of thought, so many different bloody competing, you know, you've got regression to cause, you've got uh, suggestion hypnosis, there's um, Ericksonian permissive and indirect hypno, I, I could go on and on and on, we'd be here for hours. What is your favourite personal, because frankly I think it's just down to what the therapist uh, and I know there'll be therapists disagree with this, of course. What's best for the client? Well, personally, I think it's whatever the therapist feels most confident and enjoys using most is that which they're then going to transmit the most confidence to the client. So, mm. what's your kind of favorite approaches? That's a hard one. I guess it really varies you know sometimes i'm like you know what i want to do this today or i want to try that today and since i've started and my progression i've chopped and changed so many times you know i guess at first like most people you think timeline therapy is the be all and the end all so i was doing that for a while and then i got bored of that and then you know there was a regression to cause and then i guess i kind of got bored of that as well um then um, I like using one of your favorite techniques for a while there. I was using the swan. <laughs> he says that tongue in cheek. If anyone's wondering <laughs> what burns the swan, which I help get released on the market, he will tell you different Bob Burns because he's a lying cunt who is guilty of defamation of character. And the evidence is on facebook.com forward slash Alex the Hypnotist in the photo albums. Click on proof of Defamation of character by Bob Burns. However, the technique also isn't original. Uh, just, I know you've set me off on a rant now, but um, <laughs> I, I had to say it. But but I was being honest. I what like I I was doing this one. For, the techniques, like, for the yeah, no, the techniques cool. So what you were doing, which I was actually teaching way before Bob Burns ever taught the swan, is you're doing what I teach on Confessions of a Hypnotist set that's inside the Elite Hypnosis Bootcamp. Um, that, imagine that's, it's not, this is my nighttime anti-snoring device thing, but imagine that's a pendulum, 
That is how you hold a pendulum, and this is the table. If we take the pendulum away, that's a naked pendulum. Or, oh look, we're in the position for the swan. All the swan is, is a pendulum work with the pendulum took away. And I was teaching pendulum work uh, for therapy in the Confessions of a Hypnotist set years and years before Bob Burns ever re released that. There's, there's, there's nothing new under the sun. Anyway, rant over for now. People want to see more about The technique works wonderfully, though. Just idiomotor response, direct unconscious communication so yeah nothing wrong with the technique um it works perfectly well so what 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 else have you varied across as it were because and and so yeah now i guess um i'm trying trying something different I, i've just um enrolled in in a conversational hypnosis course as well because i like like everyone says learn off everyone learn off everyone so yeah i'm i'm actually really enjoying this course and I had my first session doing it that way today and it was a completely, completely different session, but I we were both very happy with the outcome. So yeah, for, being, being able to mix it all together as well, you know, so it's, it, it really varies what I do. Sometimes I want to try different things and different approaches and, and yeah, I, I guess I don't have one set thing yet or in general, I don't think... Yeah, I'm going to make a statement and tell me what you, you thought. You're very different. And pretty much everybody does that at some point um, yeah. early on. Personally, I don't think it fucking matters what you do. As mm. long as you deliver it with confidence, charisma, conviction and certainty so that the client believes this is what will work for them for whatever it is they're there for. Um, I think the rest you just pantomime. And I definitely agree, you know, especially after watching a lot of your stuff and, and seeing, you know, people in those classes where it's just like, <laughs> and seeing how quickly people change. It's like, you know, and as you said, and, and this one makes you laugh. Maybe you'll remember it. One of those videos where you're like, we'll do the fucking celery technique. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stick um, the celery up your nose. Yeah. yeah you know, it's true. You know, I do agree with that. And that's why I think I do like to mix it up. Cause it's like, for me, I get, I get bored. You know, I want to keep it fresh and different, I guess, but also, you know, it, it's also, uh, I guess becoming multi-skilled <laughs> in, in many different things. Like it's not just one way of doing it. It's like, I could do it this way or I could do it that way. So if I keep, up to date with with it all then you know it all you know you, you've got those tools in the back of your toolbox if you need them mm -hmm. should you need them plus so, also yeah no sorry go on yeah i was just gonna say plus i'm obsessed with knowledge literally since i've started this like honestly in the last four years and whether people believe it or not i study hypnosis seven days a week every single day whether it's for an hour whether it's for half an hour it, it, i study seven days a week Nice. I mean, that's great. I, I would probably advise you to do a little less hypnosis now <laughs> and just concentrate on marketing, advertising, publicity, and promotion to help you build your business. But you know, whatever mm. works for you. Um, yeah, hundred percent. Well, most of the times, 
Like, oh, sure. just quickly, I was going to say, yeah, even no. if it's just at the gym, if I'm, I put headphones in while I'm at the gym, you know, there's my hour there. Cool. Yeah. Audio books. Good point. Um, well, not even that. I YouTube as well. Like I, um, I subscribe to a lot of channels. So whoever's got a new video, including yours, you know, I, I, whatever's comes up in the, in the, um, you know, whether someone's got a four minute video, then I'll go to their five minute video. Then I'll go to a six minute. So I just chop and change the whole way throughout my hour at the gym. Yeah. What? Just listening or. Yeah. Just listening. Yeah. Right. Okay. Right. Cool. Um, yeah, Jim, that works. All right. I'm, I'm adverse to words like that. <laughs> um, well, what were you going to say? Rapid inductions? Yeah, in, well, no, not necessarily rapid, but inductions in general. What, 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 I mean, this is too faceted, so we'll go with stage first. Then we'll talk about that. Stage hypnosis-wise, God, you see it on groups. Oh, if you're doing a progressive relaxation induction, you, you know, you're, you're boring the audience shitless. Personally, I, I, I use generally a combination of uh, the first person comes up on stage, I'll kind of chuck them on the floor, drop back, whatever. And then having established authority, credibility, got the wow factor from the audience, I'll do what might arguably be considered a, a progressive relaxation on the majority because you're doing them all together. It's effectively quicker, I would argue, than doing a dozen or more individual rapids. Um, what's your thought and preferred approach in that sort of context, stage-wise? Like, I love the drop back and being able to lay people on the floor. <laughs> but but I'm little. I'm not real little, but I'm little, right? And I don't want to put my reputation in jeopardy. So as showy and as wow as it is, I would love to do it. But I honestly, like I said, with insurance and risking hurting my back, I know you talk a lot about, you know, over time, how it can affect your back. And previously being, being in manual labor for 13 years, I don't have the best back. So as much as I'd love to do that, but in saying that, you know, because I have done eight shows, it's weird. I've built up, I guess you could say, a, a little bit of a cult following. I've had lots of people come to multiple shows. Like some people came to my last show. They just booked 10 tickets for my next show that's coming up. So yeah. a lot of those people have volunteered and whatnot. So if they volunteer to come up on stage again, I will say, hey, you guys look familiar. You were at the last show, weren't you? And they'll say yes. And I'll say, you volunteered or you were up here, blah, blah, blah. And then I'll do an instant or a rapid in them just on the chair, I'll do an arm pull or, you know, hand to face and take it, take them out very quickly and get the, the audience does the holy shit. And you see even the other volunteers up on stage, they're like, you know, so for me, that's, that's as far as I'm willing to push it until I get a bit bigger. <laughs> um, but in saying that I do, uh, on the rest of them, I guess you could say the progressive, I do fractionation, get them to open their and close their eyes three times throughout it. Then, yeah, just get them to relax. My induction generally goes for about eight minutes. So what effect do you think that induction has? I mean, I've, thrown, I've, I've, I've thrown this out to all the stage hypnotists who I've interviewed on the hypnosis week. What, actual, what is the actual fucking point of the induction, in your opinion? Well, and that's not a trick. That's not a yeah, trick yeah, question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I mean, we're all taught it's the poor people in trance. I mean, everyone bangs on about it. But then other people say you're always in trance. So what is the point? And I know that, that people have done shows, and you could probably vouch for this, I'm, I'm sure of it, where there's been no induction and they've gone straight into doing routines. And, and it's still worked the same. But I think it adds to the mystery for the audience. Oh, he's doing something. What's he doing? Why are all those words affecting those people like that? So that's what I like about it because I don't know. Some people say that the induction's boring, but if you can make it fun, I think a lot more people are intrigued by it these days. Like, why is that working? We're hearing the same voice. How come it's happening to them and not to us? And, you know, why is he getting them to open and close their eyes? I just think it adds to, to the mystery, in my opinion. That, yeah. I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I think theatrically it um, gives the audience something to believe in because otherwise what's the point in sitting there watching people do things that clearly they would have been happy to do anywhere? The entire context is supposed to be that there is somebody there making them do things they wouldn't normally do. Yeah. Otherwise, there's no point to it, really, is there? Um, so, yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree with you more. It's just it's interesting that it's still... The, 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 there is this argument in stage hypnosis groups of if you're doing... A, Rapids versus look personally, I think that if you do it too fast, it looks too impressive. If you do them all too fast, it's all right as a wow factor. But at the other extreme, therapy. Now, most therapists will have been taught to do progressive relaxation of some form or another. And yet there are more and more courses out there, and there have been in recent sort of decade of speed up, you know, see more clients in less time. Why you'd actually want to do that, I'm not sure. Um, because I think the biggest therapeutic point is the fact that the client feels special because they're spending time with you. But um, what, what's your thought of using rapids in therapy? Specifically one-to-one. -one. Might be different if you're doing a group demo. But Yeah, yeah. Um, look, in all honesty, I like it, but it depends on the client. Like, uh, you know, I've had uh, 70 year olds for weight loss and stuff like that. You know, I'm not going to do an arm pull or, or, or any, anything crazy like that. But yeah, honestly, I, I do them. And, and, you know, as you said, being young, I, I still do see young clients. So, you know, I think to them, it's like, holy shit, what just happened? You know, it's, it's that, yeah, they don't expect it, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I think it just, plus it also breaks it up and it keeps me, <laughs> keeps me on my toes, I guess. But like, you know, it's also like continual practice, you know, that's how I look at it. It's like you, they're paying to do practice. Yeah. I mean, Delavar, who is one of my, original teachers he, he said that the only difference between seeing a client in the consulting room and doing a stage hypnosis show is the size of your audience you've just got an audience of one in there you could he, he always framed it as always being a performance anyway and fitting their expectations do you use i mean i know everyone does to a degree but i mean it's 
for the purpose of getting examples therapeutic wise do, do, do you go the old school approach which is you do the session and let's see if the results are there afterwards which of course you would frame as look at what wonderful results you're now getting or do you use convincers early on uh, to kind of prove and demonstrate to them that what you've suggested to them and they've imagined has become reality you know i mean do you block their eyes together, stick their hand to a table or anything of that kind of help? Yeah, that that I do. Also, because like I said, it, it's fun for me. Yeah. <laughs> like it, it's, it, it, it is, it, it is, it's still fun for me. So yes, I do. I do demonstrate that because I want them to have an experience and also go that normally wouldn't happen or how did that happen? So I do, I do like to use um like it convinces or or you know uh you know some sort of influence to help reinforce what's taken place definitely excellent and what's your favorite i mean i know there's lots of similarities but then there's lots of differences but from a therapeutic point of view what sort of clients do you enjoy treating the most i don't mean male or female or age wise i mean conditions wise the, the issue that they're presenting with for me, it's more like depression and trauma. Okay, okay. Um, the heavy stuff, all right. Yeah. Um, okay, well, I'm going to ask you to elaborate on that. Then what sort of approaches do you use with, with, with clients like that? Because that is more of the heavy stuff. Most therapists tend to kind of make the bread and butter from smoking cessation, weight loss, confidence, phobias, um but hey cool i mean if that's something you enjoy doing there is most definitely a massive market of people that can benefit from that what sort of approaches do you use with those people and again it's very it it, it really does client depend because what i would do for one i wouldn't do for another okay. so in the session i really gauge where they're at and what they're giving me because I also like to give those people especially, and this is why I like working with them as opposed to like weight loss or, or smoking where it's like they go off into the world and you, you wait for the message or how did you go? Oh, I'm smoking again. I didn't lose weight. But it's like depression, trauma and stuff like that. You, you, you're seeing it straight away. There is no waiting. You know, is it still affecting you or is it not? Has it changed? Or has it not? So, I mean, I use heaps of different approaches. I use like uh, NLP, <laughs> um, the SWAN, um, but also now using, um, I guess, this conversational hypnosis approach, which which I am really enjoying learning and after today's session doing as well. So it, it really depends on how I think that I need to approach it. It's, it's hard to say because, as I said, no session is the same every time, or this is what I'm going to do. I, I wait for them to come and then I go from there. I don't pull scripts out or this technique. I mean, I've got them all there if I need them, but mm. I, I wait and see what happens first. It's interesting that you said you, you, you kind of go with what feels right to you in the moment based on, on the, I'm going to say, the vibes or the feedback you're getting from the client. Again, it's not a trick question. It's just, it's just 
I mean, you, you already know my point of view, but do, do you think that the highest, the, the most important part of that is the fact that it's what you feel is right in that moment and therefore you have more confidence in your delivery and transmission and belief being transmitted to the client that this is going to work for them because it's what feels right for you in that moment as opposed to the actual technique itself oh it definitely has a massive part to play a hundred percent i'll i'll agree with that yeah as for how much <laughs> i don't know but it, it definitely would it, it, it you know as we know confidence is everything especially with being on stage or rap at an instance you know that certainty that it's like this is going to fucking work. Mm. And that does come up across to people, you know, like when you first start, uh, well, this is for me. I was, I was probably more anxious than my anxiety clients. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, we've all been there at some point. Yeah. A hundred percent. Like, Oh, I'd be a ball of nerves shaking in the corner going, fuck are they here? You know, but now it's very different. And, and, I do get that a lot that people like you're very confident. You're very confident and that confidence is everything. Cool. So where, where, where I mean, you're doing therapy, you're doing stage, they do work together as we, we, we've covered. Where do you see the future? Where, where what, what, what's your next step now that we are getting, well, we certainly are in, here in England, getting slowly but surely more back to normal. I would, I would say, post-COVID. Um, what's your kind of aims for the next, say, 12 months, three years, you know, the usual goal-setting plan stuff? Yeah, and, and like I say to everyone, 100% at this point, it's just to be on more stages. I'd love to get booked for more shows. I'd love to be able to travel interstate. And also, you know, like most people, some point, you know, I would love to be able to, take what i do worldwide you know so many other people have why can't i so ideally at this point i want to be on on more stages performing more shows and that's why i have been putting on my own shows because it's like i'm not going to sit and wait for the phone to ring being so new to the industry it's like i'm going to put myself out there myself and 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 make it happen so so ideally you just be performing more shows you fancy cruises that take you around the world. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it would definitely it definitely have to drop be the amazing. swearing lot. Uh, yeah, uh, that's right. I was getting to that. Unless they book you for the adult comedy room, which uh, is fine, but generally speaking, you're gonna drop the swearing for that. Yeah, and, and there is that, and that's the thing, you know. I don't think I'm ready to tone it down. You know, mm. I just I'm enjoying being myself and, and letting my personality out as well, you know. I, I like to swear. I like to have fun. And, you know, it comes across in the showmanship because it's like you're up there having, well, I am having just as much fun as the audience and the volunteers, if not more, you know, I, I love it. Well, yeah. And an audience can pick up on that. It's yeah. And it's true. Yeah. Don't compromise. Perhaps cruises are not the best idea at the moment. Yeah, definitely. At some point, you know, (sighs) But right now, 
But again, a stepping stone. It's not like I'm just going to go from doing the local shows to want to cruise. It'll be, it'll get to a point where if that opportunity is presented, then obviously I'm going to do whatever I can to make that work. Cool. Uh, any plans for kind of, I don't know. I, mean, I know we mentioned television before, but we're living in somewhat, the world is so bloody different now than when I started um, doing hypno shows back in late 89 there was no social media there was no internet then there are people now certainly in the magic world and other areas of entertainment that I like getting viewers on a daily or weekly basis to their whether it's YouTube channels or other social media outlets where they're putting videos that are more than television stars of the past could have dreamed of getting viewers and these people are getting them in a week because the landscape of the entire bloody world's changed. Um, And we're definitely in a time now where it is possible to be a internet superstar, as it were. Is that something you've ever put any kind of energy into making happen? I mean, to some extent, yeah, because... Again, I think it helps you get your name out there. You know, I've had people message me on Instagram because of a video that they saw on YouTube or they've messaged me on Facebook because of a video they've seen on TikTok. I wouldn't say that I go hard on posting that stuff, but I also like to post it so people know who I am so that if people are interested in booking me for a show can go, okay, he's actually got shows. His venues are selling out. Look at the rooms. It's full of people. He does a good show. So it's not necessarily about the views, but it's, it's also about bringing awareness to who I am. So I wouldn't, I don't go hard on those socials, but I do post. Great. Brave new world, as they say. I mean, I'm like on TikTok, yeah. like I can post a video on YouTube and it can be up there for six months and you'll get a hundred views. I post a video on TikTok and it'll have 1500 views in 24 hours. You know, it's just a massive difference. Yeah, it's definitely the marketing, marketing of the future at the very least. Yeah. So. So we're fast. At, we're just over the hour, so we're getting close to the end. Um, three final questions. First one: Who would you say, uh, in terms of in, whether it's inspiration, whether it's actually having trained with them, or having read one of the books, or having watched all footage? It doesn't matter the context. But who would you say your three major? inspirations or sources however you want to look at it hypnosis wise have been have helped you along along the way um that's hard three i want (laughs) i watch everyone um i mean i guess oh three oh i want to say david schneider Okay, yeah. Um, Carl Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, I watch so many people. I mean, even you, you've got so much content. And when you say you've got the biggest library, 
you probably got the fucking biggest library. <laughs> you know, I know you've put the challenge out there many, many times and it's hard for people to understand that until they actually buy it. But uh, compared to other libraries, there's a fucking lot of content. And I do highly recommend it, you know. People should fucking take up the opportunity to buy it. Um, but as I said, I mean, even like people like Zach Pinson's, you know, he's been a massive inspiration to me. The young fella in um, wherever his his America too, I believe. If you're familiar okay. with him, no, um, I shall look into. Yeah, he's very young. He he went went to the top very quick. Um, but as I said, honestly, I take inspiration from from everyone. I literally watch everyone. It doesn't matter who they are, whether it's stage or therapy. What well, what's interesting though is that isn't that isn't the answer I was kind of expecting. I was kind of somewhere amongst those three at the very least. I was expecting um, either Martin St. James or Ron Rico or one of the old. Australian great who you must have heard of to get thrown in there. Well, I posted that screenshot the other day where someone said to me, I know, excellent. Yeah. yeah, so in all honesty, I never for saw viewers, one For of viewers it. and listeners, please tell them what it said because I saw this and I thought, yeah, nice one. Yeah, so um, someone came to my show. Uh, I honestly don't even know who the person was. They attended one of the shows and they said they after eight shows, they put me on par with Ron Rico and um, Martin St. James. And, and I was like, I'll take that compliment. Well, yeah, good man. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like depends on how much they swore or the context of their shows. You know, there's there's so many variables as to how I'm on par with them. But again, I'll take that, you know, after being, you know. So well, I know new. Martin St. James, well, he didn't for family audiences, but I know Martin St. James definitely swore when he was doing his adult shows. So Yeah, okay. But even even another one, you know, your your good friend Justin Trans. <laughs> you know, as a hypnotist, he's reasonably good. Um, as a human being, I just despise people who are long term serial fraudsters ripping people off. And the fact is, I say that based on the facts of all the court documents that are there at Nevada County Court. Um, say Nevada, it isn't, is it? It's Clark County um, Court in Nevada. And he poo poos it off as people making false allegations and he can't be bothered showing up at court. But at the end of the day, he's got multiple court orders against him from multiple different people, one of which alone is in excess of a million dollars, all of which have been awarded by a judge in court for claims of fraudulent um, actions having been taken against the people who've been awarded it. And frankly, you might get one or two people lie about you, but that many people who then actually take it to court and a judge finds in their favour, I don't know. Um, I'd you know, and he, Justin Trance will th uh, has thrown out there in the past the fact that I've got two criminal convictions for delivery of counterfeit coins, and I do at the moment. However, as explained on circusofthemind.net, 
uh, that was in the pursuance of trying to expose the fake Sheikh Maza Mahmood, Rupert Murdoch, the media moguls, uh, dodgy journalist uh, back in 1998 that backfired slightly. And that's currently going through the Criminal Cases Review Commission here in England. And in the course of time, my convictions will be overturned because even the judge in the case agreed with the fact that I was trying to expose somebody and did not have any criminal intent. Whereas Justin Trance's criminal conviction for um, lottery fraud, off the top of my head, it was a sweepstake fraud, where he had multiple counts against him. It wasn't just one, multiple counts. He's never going to get rid of that criminal conviction because he, he, he was guilty of ripping people off. Um, so as a human being, um, I just find him somewhat despicable based on that behaviour. As a hypnotist, pretty average. Sorry, you, you set me off there on a rant. I <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I feel that I have a lucky, I had a lucky escape. Um, fast approaching two decades ago now, when Justin rang me from America and wanted me to invest around half a million dollars into a Vegas show with him called The World's Greatest Hypnotist, which was going to be Justin Trant representing America, me representing England, somebody from Europe, you know, there'd be about half a dozen hypnotists doing a different day of the week each. And something in my gut said, don't invest. And it was shortly after that that um, I was made aware of his... Um, Somewhat dubious past. So, yeah. Um, sorry, you set me off on there, mentioning the name. <laughs> um, it was bad to happen. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, sorry. Please continue what you were going to say about Justin Trance. Because, um, you know, he, 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 don't get me wrong, I know one or two people who've studied with him and they've ended up doing really good shows. They have. However... They've also then ended up finding that the techniques Justin teaches don't work as well in English and European venues as Justin would like to think. Not as reliably, there's certain contexts where that approach just ain't going to work. Certain British working men's clubs is all different mentality. And who've then ended up coming to me for training to deal with those types of venues that Justin doesn't have experience of. Um, so it's horses for courses, which is why you say, yeah, train with everyone. You know, I would never, yeah. if you want to learn hypnosis um, from Justin Trance, I, I wouldn't tell anyone not to. Um, I would just say never invest any money outside of the hip with the serial fraudster. That's all. Uh, but you were going to say something positive about him, which you can do. You're welcome to, even though you set me off. No, it was, it was, <laughs> it was more so you were, you were asking about my main, main inspirations. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's definitely one of them, 100%, you know. Um, cool. Yeah. Well, from, uh, did you get to see him in Vegas or is it from YouTube? No, he came, he came and did a training in Australia at the Gold Coast. Oh, okay. Cool. So, so, yeah, I took his training when he was here in 2019. All right, excellent. Um, I've already had my rant, so please, for people watching, in the interest of fairness, because you've been on his course, I know people who've been on the course with him who say it's great, but then certain things they found down the line 
don't work the way Justin would like to think they do in certain British venues, for example, because different mentalities. Um, however, generally speaking, the feedback I've had on these courses has been that they are really, really good. And yeah, if you're seeing this, Justin, I still think as a human being, you're despicable ripping those people off. But I will, for the interest of fairness, point out that I've only had positive feedback on your course content. So go on, give your review for Justin, because the fact is it's your reality, it's what happened. And I can back up, I've heard from other people that they say it's a good course. Yeah, so just like we... Uh, spoke about before so I love the training I genuinely did I enjoyed the mm -hmm. training the people that we're with and I genuinely do love Justin you know I think he's been really good to me he's been very helpful um, he, he says he's there to support everyone which he is and you know I, I did find the course very very engaging and a lot of fun but uh, but as I said before especially with with his induction style where it's putting everyone on the floor and for me as much as I'd love to do that and as showy and as wow as it is, I'm not willing to take that risk being the size that I am for the sake of trying to get that extra wow factor and potentially hurting someone. It's just, it's just in a stage context, it's just not for me, but have I done it in seminars or in workshops with specific people, smaller people? Have I done it with my own partner to, to demonstrate the, the techniques Absolutely. And, and I think they are great and they are wow and showy, but for me on stage, it's just not where I, I can be. I don't want to risk hurting someone. I just, I don't, I don't want to have that on my conscience or, or on my career. You know, I, I, I want to keep a clean slate. Um, but, but I loved the training. It was awesome. Cool. And that theme. There you go, see. Never let it be said. You know, I could technically have engineered this so that we went on to another question so that you didn't get to say that. But there you go. I have no... Your experience, you know... Um, but as I said too before, I also recommend your boot camp as well, 100%. Like I said, there is a lot of stuff in there. And I, I was binge watching it for so long just trying to get through it i, I want to be the first person to say that i've watched every video in there <laughs> no no you don't you no. you want to be busy doing shows <laughs> you really nobody no. nobody on this earth wants to be the person who says they finished the boot camp because i keep putting new stuff in there yeah i, I get it <laughs> uh, but it just it does go to show that there is a lot of stuff in there <laughs> no, you want if you if you're gonna come through you, you're already doing stage shows, you're already yeah. doing therapy. You want to actually binge watch anything, just cut to the stuff that's marketing related to help you get more clients. You know, it's not it's not meant to be something that somebody studies everything. It's meant to be a case of if one day you decide you want to go into a certain niche area, you could message me and go, I'm thinking about doing XYZ. Where do I find the answers inside the boot camp? And I'd go look at this thing. Yeah, nobody is meant to study it all. Good God, no. See, I've thought about doing that a few times. Going, hey, where's this? Hey, where's that? But it's like, how many other people do that a day? You probably get bombarded with that same question. I don't give a flying fuck. I said, I categorically state on that challenge video you mentioned that just message me on Facebook because that's what I answer quickest. 
And the thing is, I have an intimate knowledge of what's in there. So to be able to just type back and go, you know, if you said I'm going to be dealing with a golfing client, I know immediately the sports psychology stuff is in a set called Life's a Game. I'd go, look at Life's a Game. I get, I, more often than not, be one set. I give you the title off sometimes too. More than happy to do that. Um, yeah, without a doubt. So if, if ever you've got a question, just inbox it and I'll t- t- tell you where to look as it were. Um, Appreciate it. Hey, no worries. I want. I, it's in my interest because you know I want you to go out there and, and continue doing what is already an amazing job. I am so um, impressed that not only have you already got the shows going and getting successful shows and building up your following, but you've promoted uh, the vast majority of them already. I'm so impressed that you've managed to get this all going through COVID. Um, couldn't, couldn't be a worse time. So if you've already managed this now, you you know, now that COVID's coming to an end, well, we know it's going to be here with us forever, but, you know, in terms of shutting the world down, that's yeah. off to you, man. You The future looks like it could be a proper good take off to you and um i'm 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 delighted that you agreed to come on uh at this stage of things so that you know in two three years time when you've started doing the tv shows and stuff i can put this video out again and go hey look this is me speaking to uh jaden boone three years ago before you all knew he was big style and uh, yeah, nice one, dude. So the last question, and this I ask everybody, if you could only, and this has got specifically, I'm referring to books here. Um, what would your top one or two, three if you want, but no more, um, recommended books be? Now, I notice I say recommended books, so it doesn't matter if that's stage hypnosis, therapy, marketing, just books on life. Tell what do you think are your are the three books you'd recommend to somebody who was wanting to get into hypnosis that would help them achieve their aims? It's a very tricky one, and I know you like reading books, but in all honesty, I have maybe read three three books if I'm lucky. It's okay. I don't want, I don't find it's a good way for me to learn. I prefer to to watch or to listen, which is why I listen when I'm at the gym. Okay, let's expand it then to either audio books or... Um, or even audio books. I don't really listen to audio books. Okay. The, the, the only ones, I mean, everyone says it. I mean, a lot of the content, do I do I really use? Everyone says it, the, the uh, encyclopedia stage, hypnosis, whatever it is. I think it's a waste of time, personally, to read that. Yeah. Look, there is a lot, a lot of stuff in there. A lot of stuff that I did skip through. Um, There's a lot of shit he just made up to fill a book out. Yeah, and I, I actually bought that to Armand McGill in the '80s when I met him at a Supreme Magic convention in England, when he actually admitted to me that hypnosis is bullshit. And he, um, so yeah. But yeah, everyone says you should read it. And I yeah, and so I did. So I did. I read it for that purpose. Everyone says read it, so I fucking read it. <laughs> um, and honestly, the only other one that that I would have read of um, is Freddie Jackman's Hypnotherapy. 
Okay, yeah, it's, it's a good book. I've, I've got a review of that on my YouTube channel. Yeah, it's a book I actually recommend, yeah. Um, but other than that, honestly, I don't I don't read a lot. I I prefer to listen. Like even even like even audiobook, I don't listen to audiobooks. I like I said, I just watch YouTube or at least have it playing while, I, while I've got headphones in. Like if I'm mowing the lawn, I'll, I'll put it, even if it's a stage show and I'm not mm-hmm. watching it, I'm just listening to it. Okay, so I suppose we, we have to reframe the question for you then. What would you thought of the top three YouTube channels you'd recommend people go and take a look at then? Oh. I know that's really difficult because there is literally dozens and dozens yeah. of really oh. content-rich, really good channels out there. But Well, I guess two people that come to mind straight I'm going to read your mind on one of them because it is a really good content-rich channel. I'm going to guess that one of them will be Carl Smith, UK Hypnosis Academy. Absolutely. Watch all these lives, watch all these videos, definitely. I watch, watch a lot of Carl's stuff. Never been trained by him. Never purchased one of his courses, but I know he gives a lot of stuff away on YouTube, and you know I'm very grateful for that. And and I do use his stuff in sessions, a hundred percent. So definitely, definitely Carl Smith. Um, the other one is again David Schneider. Mm-hmm. Um, Mike Mandel. <laughs> yeah, no, Mike's they're, got they're, some cool stuff. Yeah, yeah, they're probably the um, or even. Um, I do like watching a lot of mesmerism as well. So, I, um, uh, what's his name? Marco P- P- Parrot? Pierre? Yeah, Parrot. Um, I don't know how you pronounce it, but someone like yeah. Parrot's in it. Mark, he, yeah. He does post a lot of videos as well. So, even though he's got music, because I, again, I like to watch what are, what are people doing? What are they, you know, I'm very engaged by videos. So, I do consume content that way. But as I said, because I am subscribed to so many channels and most people have a two-minute video, a three-minute video, so all the channels that I'm subscribed to, when I get to the gym in the morning, I'll start the first video. If it goes for two minutes, I'll do a set or a rep, and and then I'll go to the next video. Like I said, even if I'm not watching it, I'm just listening to it. Mm -hmm. Cool. And now, of course, you've helped add to that content, which will shortly be on YouTube. And Vimeo in video format and on all major podcast platforms as Hypnosis Week episode. Got to check this because I'm mentally. What are we on? The 31st of May 2022, when this is recorded. And you are officially episode 98 overall, which is season two, episode 46 of Hypnosis Week. So thank you, Jaden. Uh, I hope to catch up with you. Well, keep in touch, obviously, but I hope to catch up with you maybe in, say, 18 months, two years' time, and interview you again, and you'll be able to share with people how your journey's progressed, because, uh, hey, good man. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, please do inbox me any of the social media links and whatnot you want underneath. I've got your YouTube and your Facebook, but anything else, please inbox me. Uh, when we get off and then I can put it there for people to find you but obviously if they type in Jaden Boone hypnotist uh, they will find that it all comes up on Google thank you very much Jayden, indeed, sir Jaden with no Y J-A-D-E-N <laughs> J-A-D-E-N indeed thank you very much indeed sir it's been an absolute pleasure now I have to work out where to find a button to end the recording <laughs>
No, that isn't it. We're still recording, people. This is because... See you next.